This is The Playbook. So this is Stories Matters, I was told. And I thought, no better place for me to speak because my life is about lessons. And the best way to teach lessons is to tell stories. And the best way to provide value is to tell stories because the lessons hold the value. Now, there's only two ways to provide value. And I know in the car industry that most of the reputation, whether it's true or not, is indicative of how I learned how to sell. See, I made my first million nine months out of law school selling because I was an expert at what they call overselling, backend selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating. Some of you may understand those methodologies of making money. And people that are really good at it can make a lot of money by overselling, backend selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating people. Um, but it didn't last for me. And here I am years later after losing over $100 million in my 30s, while I was running the most notable sports agency in the world, they made the movie Jerry Maguire about my firm. Every, we had eight fix, first picks in the draft, Warren Moon, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Lennox Lewis, Vander Holyfield, Sabathia Ramirez. It didn't matter who we had. It was not only losing everything, but I had access to what billionaires couldn't even afford. And at that time, I didn't understand value because those qualities that made me a multimillionaire and got me my job as CEO of the most notable sports agency in the world was still that I could oversell, back and sell, lie, manipulate, and cheat better than most people. And it was my wife who pointed out value to me uh, as she threatened to leave me in my 30s as I came home at 5.30 in the morning from lying to her, manipulating, cheating, overselling, and back-end selling her, parting my butt off. And I came to a realization that I had to start, well, more motivation, because she told me, I'm gonna leave you because I think you're gonna die and I don't wanna be around. And if you wanna save your own life, David, you have to take stock in who you were and what you wanna become, uh, or else you're gonna end up dead. And I probably would have, if it wasn't for my understanding of values. And I will take you through my story to teach those values, but the epiphany that I've had now, 17 years later, after I've made it all back in a different way, by shifting my paradigm of values with values, is a simple fact that I think would be beneficial to all of you in your industry. There's only two ways in the world to provide value to people. And it's definitely not overselling, back-end selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating. Number one, give people more of what they like. Give people more of what they like and you are adding value to their life. And the only other way to provide value to people is to take away some, if not all, of what they don't like. It's that simple. I spent years overselling, back-end selling, lying, manipulating, cheating, studying, solution selling, spin selling, every type of selling, trained by the best liars, manipulators, cheaters, oversellers, and back-end sellers of how to solution sell or whatever they wanted to call it. But in the end, why didn't someone just tell me, hey, why don't you be more interested than interesting? And all you have to be interested in is, hey, what are you doing today for a car? 
What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Would it help you if I did this blank to give you more of what you like or did this to take away some of what you don't like about your current vehicle? This is not rocket science. This is how value is given. And then lo and behold, in this idea of telling stories to provide value, to teach lessons, to create a relationship, especially as an automobile dealership, it actually affords you another question beyond would it help you if? Do you know anyone that can help me? See, if you provide value to someone, if you give them more of what they like or take away what they don't like, it affords you the opportunity to ask for help, to display what I call radical humility, to prove that you have faith, which faith is an appreciation of the future. So many of us are only worried about appreciating our past, what we have or what we had, but instead try shifting the paradigm and appreciate your future and have faith that there's more than enough of everything for everyone. And simply by that faith, realize that even the car industry, even the legal industry, even the sports industry, the entertainment industry is not a zero sum game. There are no trades and negotiations in sports agentry or buying and selling cars. There's no zero sum game of winners and losers. There's simply a universe of more than enough of everything for everyone, a value add world where you can give more of what someone likes or take away what they don't like and ask them to do the same for you. And today, because of technology, we're more connected than ever. So when you ask someone, do you know anyone that could help me? They're connected to far more people than just your poker game, your golf game, your church group, or whatever other organizations. When I grew up, we used to leverage in order to sell more of what we wanted to sell. It is that simple, but you have to have faith that there's more than enough, that there is a value add world, not a zero sum world, where when you ask someone for help, you're actually adding value to that person. It's not a quid pro quo zero sum game that there's a winner or a loser. You're not taking away from the universe when you ask someone, do you know someone that can help me? You're expanding, not even transitioning. You're aggregating, compounding exponential outcomes and accelerating what you want for the benefit of everyone, not just yourself. And my journey, my story, these lessons will hopefully inspire you to at least have some appreciation of your future, that this can be your truth, that you can live in abundance of more than enough of everything for everyone. And you can teach your teams, your company to do the same, that it carries an energy, a frequency, an awareness where people are attracted to come into a car dealership. Could you imagine people excited about going to buy a car because they love being there because the person in there knows how to give them more of what they like and take away what they don't like. Because not only do they understand value, but they're professionals at sales. That doesn't mean they oversell, back and sell, lie, manipulate, and cheat, which I can easily do, but I change that skill set, that ability to oversell, back and sell, lie, manipulate, and cheat you, to articulating quantitative value to articulating quantitative value to exceed what I'm asking for by being more interested than interesting. By, ask you, by asking you, what are you doing today? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? And then asking, would it help if I gave you this? More of what you like or taking away what you don't like. 
And it's amazing because of the repetition and the consistency of what you're selling, how easy it is in your industry because there aren't that many multivariables involved in a sale and the practice and the training of articulating quantitative value to exceed what you're asking for is easy. Here, I'll show you. Anybody have $20? Come on. <clears throat> this is my new, uh, the old course, uh, old, uh, old course, I did a mastermind at the old course in Scotland three days ago. New wallet. Okay. How about that? I like that. Thus, I'm not sure how to pull my money out of it. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay, lesson number one. Quantitative value. Articulate quantitative value to exceed what we're asking for. Can I trade you this $100 bill for your $20 bill? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, so this is interesting. Preset. Yes, you are. So, um, how do you feel, by the way? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that transaction? Good. You feel great. So, if I gave you a car, worth $100,000 and was able to articulate the quantitative value of that car to exceed that 100, and all I asked was 20,000, would you still feel the same way if you had to give me $20,000 and got a $100,000 value? Feel the same way, wouldn't you? And so would I. And so why? Because I've taken the accountability to be able to articulate a quantitative value to exceed what I'm asking for directed towards what you like and what you don't like. Credibility and emotional attachment. This is basic sales, but we haven't thought about it in this context because we're too busy living in scarcity that we think it's a zero-sum game that we have to win or lose in every transaction. Trust me, I can out-negotiate, and you guys are great negotiators, every single one of you. I understand the psychology of negotiation, and it doesn't work like this works, abundance. Having faith or appreciation of the future, there's more than enough of everything for everyone. People will feel you when you tell that story correctly. Directed towards what they like and what they don't like. Too many people are trying to sell the wrong color and the wrong car with the wrong amount of doors and the wrong tires and the wrong engine size, the wrong gas mileage or electricity. They're trying to sell the wrong things because they're too interesting. Too excited about what they like and what they don't like. Instead of keeping it simple and practicing articulating the quantitative value to exceed what you're asking for. My whole life has been directed towards the relationship to money. Money is an energy. Energies have three characteristics. Behaviors are energy, money's an energy, uh, time is an energy, space is an energy. There's three characteristics of energy that work in your favor or will create more resistance in your life, void shortages and obstacles, will allow you to live in a life below the line, going the extra mile every once in a while, blaming that extra mile for why you're not where you wanna be. First characteristic of energy, money. It aggregates on itself. Energy aggregates on, it attracts like energy. So when we treat money as an energy, as an aggregation of energy, we can articulate the quantitative value correctly, we're gonna aggregate more quantitative value into that money. If we save our money correctly, we invest our money correctly, it's gonna make more money. 
And that's true within the context of your business. The second characteristic of energy, not only does it aggregate on itself, money creates more money. Some of us have heard that saying, money makes more money, because it aggregates on itself. Money also, as an energy, it creates exponentiality of outcomes. So anyone that's studied physics, quantum physics, or metaphysics, anyone that's read Einstein, anyone that's studied financial uh, planning or investment with the rule of 72, 1% better every day, right? 72 days, it will double. See, exponentiality is so important because if we do things inconsistently, when we succeed, it's one sale. And then without that consistent aggregation and exponentiality of outcomes, you'll get one more sale and then you'll get one more sale. So at the end of the month, you'll get 15 sales in 30 days. But if we understand how money or energy aggregates, including behaviors, we go from one sale to two sales, to four sales, to eight sales, to 16 sales. That's why most people on earth, if you ask them, what would you rather have, raise your hand, would you rather have me give you a million dollars today or a penny today that doubles every day for 30 days? Raise your hand if you want a million today. You're the smartest group I've ever met. 5.3 million point something more. But people don't understand the exponentiality of outcomes. And behavior and money are energies. I talked earlier about behavior out there in a meetup and I talked about the human nature aspect of behavior. See, good behavior, we expect instant results and, and the instant result you get from good behavior isn't within the context of human awareness. What do I mean by that? You get an instant result from good behavior. It's called good progress. So if we look at dieting, which is the easiest one to see, how many people diet for a week and they step on the scale and they're like, oh, I quit but you don't realize the good progress that you're creating if you stick with it. Now, the polar opposite is true about negative behavior, and we see this within the human context of working together, especially in the context of businesses working together with bad behaviors, is that bad behaviors have an instant result too. It's called bad progress. Now remember, it aggregates, then it has exponentiality of outcomes, and then it accelerates, which gives us an awareness of the outcome. Why is this so important? Because we have to have faith in good behavior knowing that it's aggregating in the right direction, it's exponentially creating outcomes for me, but I haven't become aware of it because it hasn't accelerated fast enough so that my human vibration or frequency can be aware of the outcome. So people quit good behavior. They quit on their money behaviors. They quit on the money itself because they don't see the exponentiality. They don't have the acceleration yet and is a duplicative negative to this practice, the negative behavior is the opposite. We don't expect a bad result. I've been, this is my favorite, right? Dave, I've been smoking 19 years. Look at me. Oh, that last double, right? Lung cancer is only 50% of the way there after 19 years. But remember, exponentiality doubles. All of a sudden, it's 100% there. Oh, shit. That happens fast. I had a friend who, in my bad behaviors day before my wife saved my life and changed and shifted my paradigm of faith, that there's something bigger than me, that knows everything, is all powerful, and loves me more than my mom, protects and promotes me no matter what. Before my wife taught me that lesson, I used to party with this guy, exact same age as me, we grew up, same elementary school, used to do drugs, alcohol, party, 
took him around in my private jet, all the stupid stuff that we did. And I just saw him a month ago. And Glenn knows his story, because I talked to him right afterwards. And I saw him in his exterior, he looked as if he was equal to or in better shape than I was. He's thinner than me, that's for sure. And I said, man, he was wasted, drinking. I was like, man, you gotta slow down. You know, I've actually 17 years been on a trajectory of where I think I wanna be or better, and that's not the trajectory you wanna be on, I promise you. No, man, look at me. I look better than you. I look younger than you. I'm more healthier than you. And I said, no, you're not. You might look better, but that's just a genetic inheritance. There's nothing I could do. <laughs> he was skinnier with more hair. <laughs> but if you saw my parents, you'd be like, you really good looking. <laughs> He's a lot uglier than his parents. So everything's, everything's relative. <laughs> but he tells me this and I'm like, I, I tried to explain to him and it wasn't, it wasn't worth my time. Two weeks later, I get a call from his wife. He didn't wake up. Exponentiality. I lost my friend. I live my life on a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy, to teach people abundance, to make a lot of money, to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. But if they're not ready to change, there's nothing you can do. And that's true with your family, your employees, that's why we want to surround ourselves with the right people, the right ideas first, people who share these values, even in our businesses, because it will create a collective consciousness of abundance. It will work in aggregate and exponentially outcome and accelerate faster for everyone in your business, not just you. And so understanding how this happens, I'll briefly tell some stories. Now, there's a couple of things about lessons that I like to teach about lessons. And the first one is, I went to undergrad, law school, business school, academics. I've been to every personal development. I've had millions of dollars on, every, like everyone else, you know, Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone. I can't believe people pay money for me now. Um, but I was one of those guys. I don't know. Raise your hand if you're like this. I wrote down, probably like you, I write down like everything. <laughs> Right, I'm just constantly, oh, great idea, oh, this is good. I'm just writing and writing and writing. So in the end, what I've ended up with is, you know, $1,000 a month bill of storage of banker boxes of notes from college, law school, business school, Tony Robbins, et cetera, that are in a storage unit that are costing me money and not helping me at all. So I learned a lesson about lessons, and it's also about intuition, is that I only write down the lessons that resonate with me. See, intuition to me has no logic attached to it. Intuition is an awareness that sometime in my future, this is gonna have relevance. That's all intuition tells me. So the next time I have a studio at the Wynn in the lobby, if you're ever there, please come by. But I love walking through the casino at the wind because there's some asshole that was just like I was when I was younger and he rolls the dice like right while I'm walking by and he's like, yes, Hardy, I knew it. And I'm thinking, no, you didn't. You've been sitting there for the last six rolls saying hard eight, hard eight, hard eight, hard, and it finally hit. The intuition was saying, hey, be aware, hard eight is in your future. This is gonna have some relevance in your future. That's what intuition is, it's an awareness. So when I learn lessons, I write down 
what resonates with me. Only lessons that resonate with me. Something in my tuition says, hey, this lesson is gonna have some relevance. But more importantly, I don't just put it into bankers' boxes anymore. I create a system, because there's a thing called technology now, and I create a system that I can search the lessons that are relevant to me. I use Outlook, to be honest, but it's extremely valuable, far more valuable than the million dollars that I spent on my education, personal development, that has ended up in banker boxes that still has $1,000 a month storage charge to it. Great lesson about lessons. And I learned these lessons about lessons uh, as I grew up. I grew up poor, single mom, six kids, and I wanted to be rich. That's where my relationship, the energy of money came from. I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. I was tired of living with five brothers, one sister, and a two-bedroom apartment in Akron, Ohio in the projects. And whatever it was gonna take, I didn't care what I had to say, do, think, believe, or feel, lie, manipulate, cheat, oversell, or back and sell. I was gonna make that money and buy my mom a house and a car. That's my relationship with money, and I did it. Graduated law school, took a job in the internet, even though my mom told me the internet was a fad, told me I, I had to be a real lawyer. I was a complete idiot for turning down the law job and selling the internet. And I got really scared when I started selling in 1992 with DOS XT computers on luggage carts. Uh, when Justice Scalia told me, you know, I was blessed to present Westlaw in 1992 to the Supreme Court of the United States. I'm 25 years old. And he said, son, nobody will ever do research on a computer. You need books. My heart sunk. But then I realized a valuable lesson. Just because someone loves you or cares about you doesn't mean they give you good advice. Nobody loves me more than my mom. I talk about, I have a pretty big social media following today and people that do have big followings will talk about haters, you know, and all the stupid stuff that they say. Some of my favorites, you know, I stole gratitude from Gary Vee. That's one of my favorites. Uh, I'm fat, I like that one. <laughs> some are true, some aren't. Uh, but when we look at haters, those people that attack us, that's the simple ignorant and arrogance, right? It's very obvious of the ignorant arrogance and someone that's attacking you with stupid shit. But the people that we have to be most aware of in ignorant and arrogance are the people that love us the most. And I know that from being a parent myself. Why? Because my mom, no, no doubt about it, is more afraid for me than she is for herself. So her advice is based off of keeping me safe limiting my self-image to be safe, denying me the fact that I'm connected to and through the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, that I have more power in my pinky to light up Manhattan because she's afraid I might get hurt or fail or something might be challenging in my life. I actually am one of the few parents in the world that teach my kids not to listen to me. I teach them not to listen to me. I said, watch me. Watch me. You don't have to listen to me. Watch me. See what works and what doesn't work by wa wa watching me. When I'm an asshole, see how that works. When I'm a hypocrite, see how that works. 
when I lie, manipulate, cheat, oversell, and back end sell. See how that works. When I act with character, see how that works. When I live with gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication, watch how that works. And then make your own decision who you want to be. As you know, you have my genetic and energetic inheritance, knowing that you're conditioned to be similar to who I am. And that works. There's no accident. So I move on nine months out of law school, millionaire, buy my mom a house and a car, living in ignorant areas myself. I think that money buys love or happiness because everything in my life in my 20s confirmed the fact that I was super happy. Ferraris, girls, I went to, uh, we exited in 1995 for $3.4 billion. I went to the Silicon Valley, raised $200 million in my 20s, learned how to raise money in the Silicon Valley, ran a, a middleware company in the 90s, ended up in 99, marrying my dream girl from the fourth grade who hated me my entire childhood. I had my best friend ask her to go steady at sixth grade camp and she said no, so I threw an egg at her. And then called her ugly, <laughs> threw rocks at her. Somehow I convinced her to marry me. But in my mind, it was money. Because I certainly didn't seem like I was better looking at 30 than I was at 25. What did change in my life? It must be money. Everything in my life was money buys love and happiness. Money buys love and, ha and happiness. And the first red flag that I got in my life that my relationship to money was incorrect was when I was 30. My dad, for my 30th birthday, gave me a jacket. Now, he hadn't given me a birthday present in 20 years. I hadn't talked to him hardly at all in 20 years because he forgot my birthday, which was bad enough, but then he lied to me and said he didn't forget my birthday. He didn't believe in birthdays. Because my dad was the ultimate overseller, back end seller, liar, manipulator, and cheater. He had just celebrated his like 19-year-old girlfriend's birthday. <laughs> Get a picture of my dad, who left me when I was five. So my dad sends me a birthday gift for the first time in 20 years. I open it up and I start to cry, which I told you and promised you, unlike our esteemed guest, I cry all the time. And my wife said, what is it? I'm like, oh my God, I've been waiting for my dad to say he's sorry. Right? I put on this jacket, it fit perfectly, and I was so happy. I'm like, I'm gonna have a relationship with my father, which no matter what anybody says, no matter what abuse you have gone through, emotional, physical, from your parents, every person innately wants a relationship with their parent, regardless of what they've had to, to endure. So I opened up the jacket to see, did he put like, especially made for my son, happy birthday, Armani, but he had torn out all the pockets in my jacket. I went from complete joy and hope and faith that I was going to have a relationship with my father to complete hate again. I called him immediately. I'm like, Dad, I got your present. Oh, good. Happy birthday, son. Happy birthday. Why the F would you give me a jacket I can't wear? He goes, because it's not for wearing. What is it for? It's to remind you that money doesn't buy love or happiness. I'm worried about you. You're worried about me. Why are you worried about me? I have everything I ever dreamed of. I married my dream girl. I live in Rancho Santa Fe. I'm worth over $100 million. I run Samsung's phone division at that time. I'm 30 years old. I said, and you are worried about me? I'm worried about you. He said, no, son, you're just like me. And I went on a tirade. I'm just like you? You're a liar. You're a cheater. You're a manipulator, an overseller, back-end seller. I fucking hate you. 
I hung the jacket up in my closet, never to be seen again, or I thought. Six years later, I'm running the most notable sports agency in the world. Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment. So now, not only do I have over $100 million, but I have access to what billionaires can't even afford. I can go anywhere I want with whoever I want, sidelines, backstage, with the most notable people in the world. So I invite my friend Rob, who's been my best friend since the fourth grade, the guy that asked my wife to go study for me, embarrassed me in front of everyone. I said, Rob, let's go to the Masters. I got Gretzky, Moon, uh, Montana, Royal NetJets is gonna fly us out there. They have a NetJet party. Come with me, we're gonna have an amazing time. And without blinking, he's like, no way. It's like, dude, what do you mean no way? He goes, I don't wanna go. I'm inviting you, I'll pay for everything. What do you mean you don't wanna go? Oh, I don't wanna hang out with you and the people you hang out with. I don't like what you're doing. So I said, come on, man, I'm not doing what those other guys are doing. You know me, Rob. He said, David, you can lie to me all day long, but stop lying to yourself. You're gonna end up dead. I've been your friend a long time. I know everybody else is blowing smoke up your ass and telling you, yes, yes, yes. I just don't wanna be around it. I'm worried about you. I'm actually your true, true friend. Those guys are not. So of course, being 36, living in my own ignorant arrogance, I told my best friend, fuck you, I hate you. I'm trying to be a good guy here. How dare you talk to me that way and I walk away. Two weeks later is when my life would change forever. Told my wife I was gonna go to uh, the Grammy Awards with Little John, who was a client of mine. He was a rapper at the time. I, Grey Goose was a big client of mine. We had the Grey Goose music tour with him. He had won his first Grammy. My wife told me she was worried about me, that I should stay at home with her. So I lied to her, told her I had a business meeting, went to the Grammy Awards, got completely wasted, came home at 5.30 in the morning where she was waiting, as I told you before, to tell me she was not happy, she was leaving me, and I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. Told her I hated her, told her how dare you, I remember specifically, how dare you talk to me? Look around you, who do you think did all of this? You wanna leave, there's the door, don't let it hit you on the way out. And I went to bed, woke up in the morning, I hated my mom, I hated my dad, I hated my best friend, and I hated my wife. And I knew a bunch of lawyers, so I knew exactly what to do next. I was gonna take everybody's money because money buys love and happiness. That was my relationship with money. That was my relationship to the energy that had aggregated, compounded exponentially, and accelerated into my life, which left me unhappy and empty. Even though I had everything I dreamed of, everything I dreamed of, imagine that, having everything that you dreamed of, I called it a glamorized stuck a misery that most people will never even imagine what it's like, where everybody wants to be you, you wanted to be you, and you're nothing but miserable. Drowning yourself in drugs and alcohol to somehow pretend that you're happy to everybody else that wants to be you. I sat on my bed so full of hate, <laughs> and then I looked over in my closet, and there was that jacket. I hadn't seen that jacket for years. I don't know if you're a faith-based person like I am today, but that jacket shined to me. And I remember staring at that jacket so full of hate, so empty, so alone, and looking at it and saying to myself, 
I don't hate my mom, I don't hate my dad, I don't hate my best friend, and I certainly don't hate my wife. I hated myself. I was a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, overseller and back-end seller. That was my story. Stories matter. Because it's not just the story that I was telling myself, it was stories that other people were reading about me. They weren't telling me to my face. The people who knew me and loved me told me to my face, hey, this is your story and I know how it's going to end. And that's the day that I shifted and looked to values of gratitude to give me the right perspective, forgiveness to give me peace, accountability to give me control of my own life and faith. I simplified my faith. I said, I believe no longer that I need more. I don't need to oversell, back and sell, lie, manipulate, or cheat. I don't need more. I have everything for everyone. No more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, more worthy. No more. I have faith that there's something bigger than me that has everything. An omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source. No matter what religion, philosophy, theory, or spirituality you believe in, 99% of them believe in the same thing I'm saying right now. Something bigger than you that loves you more than your mom that knows everything. So every setback, failure, mistake, every lost sale, every lost employee, every aggravation, pain, mistake, void, it all ends the same way, not in punishment, but in protection and promotion. Because the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing, the unified, abundant system of thought that I believe in, protects and promotes me no matter what. Even when I lost over $100 million, when I moved from having 33 homes in San Diego, a ski mountain, a golf course, into a rented house with rented furniture in one car, I was protected and promoted. And I still am today. I refuse to teach people how to oversell, back-end sell, lie, manipulate, and cheat. What I teach people is simply to be more interested than interesting, to ask open-ended questions of people of what are you doing today pertaining to solar or cars or whatever you want to pertain it to, family, to sports, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? And then make suggestions according to my skills, my knowledge, and my desire of how I can give you more of what you like and take away what you don't like. And then be a professional salesperson to be able to articulate the quantitative value to exceed what I'm asking to, to a clarity of giving you a $100 bill and asking for 20 back. I came here today to empower you with the simplicity of abundance. The easiest, fastest way to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. No longer do you have to get more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, and more worthy. Simply tell yourself, I am. I am happy, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? That's the paradigm shift between overselling, back-end selling, lying, manipulating, cheating, and cheating, and living in your truth, your potential. But you gotta have faith that good behavior creates good progress, bad behavior creates bad progress. There's no complexity of what we do here today anymore. It is a faith-based process. People ask me, why do you believe in something bigger than you? 
that knows everything and loves you more than your mom. It's real simple to me because no one that I've met of the thousands and millions of people that I get to present to now has ever come up with something greater to have faith in. Because if you do, come see me. I have an open mind and open heart and open hands to something better than that to have faith in. To have faith in more than enough of everything for everyone to live in a value-add world, to live in a world of ease, not dis-ease, that's the story that I tell. And I want you to tell your version of that story. People will listen. They will learn from your stories. It'll resonate with them. They'll write it down, they'll access it, and they'll keep coming back for more of what they like or to help them heal what they don't like. We are all co-creators, we're all healers, we're all co-healers, all of you, even dealers are healers. Change your mindset, your heart set, and your handset. Live in abundance, you have been blessed. You don't have to cheat yourself. Do you not have to lie to yourself by overselling, back-end selling, lying, manipulating, and cheating? There is an easier way to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. Just like in the sports world, cars are fun. Sports are fun. I came here so hopefully that you'll do it the right way. If anybody needs any help, I do, all my books are free, free trainings, anything I can do to be of service, I will give you my email address, email me directly, david at dmelzer.com, david at dmelzer.com. More than happy to help you, your companies, anyone with abundance. This simple message, open-ended questions to find out, be more interested than interesting, live with gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication, and I promise you'll be happy. More importantly, you'll empower others to be happy, and if you do that, you'll make me happy. Thank you very much.